It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Hi everyone, it's Craig White here. Welcome to another Passion to Succeed podcast show. Uh, really excited today to have uh, a wonderful guy joining us uh, from the magnificent, magnificent city of London. I've um, got a gentleman today that really has got a, um, a story to share. Coming from um, you know the, the uh, Wembley Arena area of, of London here in the UK, um, recently last year actually won the London Asian Businessman of the Year Award, which is a a really prestigious award and a, and a phenomenal achievement. And as we get into to conversation, you'll start to see why and, and really be able to, I guess, listen into a conversation with a guy that, you know, walks his talk and is really kind of, I guess, almost living the dreams that many people have and, you know, sitting at the table with many successful uh, young, um, I guess, celebrities around the globe and, and, and locally, but really having a positive influence in in his environment. So please, a massive welcome to, to Asif. I'm really pleased to have you, you join us today. How are you? Craig, it's an absolute pleasure to be on your show today. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I've heard a lot of good things. I've looked at your podcast and heard your podcast in the past. And um, to be honest with you, I feel very honoured to actually be on here today. Oh, well, you know, I really appreciate that and, uh, you know, certainly honoured myself to, to be able to have somebody of your calibre join us today, Asif. It's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I was looking at your website today. Um, uh, for those of you um, listening to the show, Asif is the CEO and founder of U Spaces and Partners. And U Spaces is a, an award-winning architect and interior design company. And, you know, I was just, you know, mesmerised by... Uh, some of the properties that you you have you have built and designed and uh, they ju- they're just absolutely phenomenal. I think you know the the website just captures the imagination of you know entrepreneurs like myself and a, a lot of, a lot of people that listen to our show as if are you know come from all different walks of life. Um, they may be sole traders, they may be entrepreneurs in you know just in you know setting up their new business. Maybe they're in the network marketing industry. Uh, we, we have people from all different walks of life from all over the globe that, that listen to our show on a, on a regular basis. But what they do share is is an ambition and a character to, to succeed. And I think, you know, we almost live in that society where, um, you know, we're taught to, you know, get a job for life, no such thing. But, you know, people are starting to, in my humble opinion, we're in that age of the entrepreneur. More, more and more people are starting to wake up and realise that, you know, in that corporate world, people are undervalued, underappreciated, underpaid. Uh, but the ambition for many, and going off on one of my little tangents, the ambition for many is to often live in that dream home and, you know, and have that dream life. Having a, that kind of dream lifestyle almost sits with, you know, having that perfect home lifestyle as well. And I think, you know, if people get the opportunity to look at your website, which I'll make sure the link is um, in our um, in the bio of, of, the, of the show on the website and, and in iTunes and SoundCloud, so that people can, you know, really look at your website, capture their imagination, really raise their goals, raise their ambitions, because 
what you're doing in that space is phenomenal. How did it all start? Because, you know, you've got quite a varied background. You were in sports management for, for many years. Tell us a little bit about your, your story and how you got into the entrepreneurial world and, and how it's kind of fast, develop, fast forward and developed into you becoming this award-winning architect. Oh, great. <laughs> that, 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 that's a question. Oh, where, can we start? where can we start? Okay, this, um, in the beginning, prior to setting up Youth Spaces Partners, I worked in... Sports management, uh, I would say from the late 80s uh, I started. Um, it was really, I was at the forefront of, and I'm, I'm probably a lot of people going to be, mothers and fathers are going to be cursing me out there. I was at the forefront of a lot of this merchandising that you're seeing in the shops today, you know, with all the Manchester United and all the cups and the, you know, scarves and whatever. I realised many years ago with the, um, uh, that... Um, my background is actually, in, uh, funny enough, my background is actually in marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I love sports and I wanted to combine the two. So at that time, uh, the, the branding and marketing, intellectual property, image rights was just, it was very new. People didn't realise what it was. You know, clubs, even clubs to that extent weren't uh, that clued up. So I worked on the tutelage of uh, some top guys in the industry and, and I thought, you know something, this in 15, 20 years' time, is going to, there's going to be some serious money floating around here because, as you're seeing now, before it was the clubs that made the money, but today it's the players who are the stars. The stars in football now and sports are film stars, basically, and their image rights are more important in many cases than their salary. In fact, I would go as far as to say more sportsmen now earn more away from the sports arena than they do in the sports arena. You know, so what we done was to monetize their image. That's basically what it's all, what it was all about. I spent uh, my time working in Spain and Italy. I worked with all the top Spanish football clubs. I worked with a number of Spanish football players, um, all the big clubs: Real Madrid, Barcelona, Valencia, basically all the La Liga. Then I was in Italy for a while working with Juventus and the two Milan clubs. I worked with the Premier League. So I had a very good grounding in within the football arena. Mm-hmm. I, subsequently, I got headhunted to work for a, uh, for a Formula One company uh, after that. Uh, then I was got involved in Formula One for seven years. So I was working with all the top uh, Formula One teams. At the time, it was Jordan uh, with Eddie Jordan. There's Williams with Frank... Um, uh, obviously, we did the merchandising and branding with Michael Schumacher, uh, with Willie Weber, who was his right. manager, who was the first super agent uh, out there. I mean, I remember then he, I mean, <laughs> he had a private jet, but most people were like, uh, you know, 600 to a plane type of thing. So he was in a different league even then. Michael Schumacher was, for me, the consummate professional, and he, even till today, I mean, it's very unfortunate what's actually happened to him currently, but mm. he made a, a phenomenal amount from his image rights. Mm. I mean, there was a company, Pole Position Marketing, which just did, I mean, there was a catalogue of Michael Schumacher from anything ranging from cufflinks to wine to bed covers, you name it, um, they would have it. And I remember one year, we sold just his uh, Formula One replica cap, um, something something like two and a half million wow. globe 
And if you think, and you think at the time, I think he was maybe getting. I've obviously I won't tell you what the cut was, but let's put it this way: the percentage he was making on that was absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that. I carried on doing that work for a while. Then I worked with people like um, uh, image rights for people like David Coulthard, Eddie Irvine, um, obviously Ralph Schumacher. Um, Rubens Barrichello. So I worked with a number of the big boys in the, in that time. And what I did was, uh, I've always been outside the box thinker. So we managed to secure the many lucrative contracts. But after a while, I got a bit fed up. I know people are going to find this funny, but um, I just got fed up in travelling. I mean, firstly, I mean the football wasn't so bad because I'm a football nut. So for me, that was like a busman's holiday. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like. I mean, most of it's ironic because most of my mates are real petrol heads. They go, "Oh, I would kill for your job." You know, you, you know, I had to actually be forced to go to Formula One Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be lots of listeners wishing they were in your shoes back then. I can, I can I mean, be sure. A lot of my friends are like, "You must be joking." You, you mean you're in the paddocks and you're with ex-celebrities and you and you find that boring? But I said, "Well, if you're doing it, done it for so, so many years, it does actually." But they didn't see like that because for me. It was basically a job, and people like, you know, all entrepreneurs will vouch for what I'm going to say. <laughs> Everything from the outside always looks gloss, uh, glossy to people. They don't realize how much actual hard work goes behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know? It's that, when I picked up that trophy last year at the London Nation Business of the Award, <laughs> if people had actually seen what I'd gone through to get that award, a lot of people say, look, do I really need that grief? Do I need that stress? Mm-hmm. For but as an entrepreneur, it will, it's, all, it's in my blood. I mean, it's never going to change me as a person. As I said to you prior, Craig, I mean, I've lost several fortunes. Uh, it's cost me my health. It's possibly, without doubt, cost me my marriage. But it's just one of those one of those things that um, it's just inherently in you. It's, you can see things sometimes that people can't see, which leads me on to how you Spaces and Partners has uh, formed. Now, when I was working in the football and... Um, Formula One arena, I realised that these are young superstars who are earning substantial amounts of money. Obviously, everything they do is via through their agent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the agent's taste is not necessarily the driver's or the player's taste. You know, they, it's completely different. So I was, I was seeing that a lot of these sports clubs were buying houses, you know, with the greatest respect that something like my grandmother would be living in, you know, the flop wall. <laughs> And, you know, the the, uh, the pillars outside their house. You know, I was speaking to one player once, and I said, I said you know, this is, uh, you know, moved, I said, you know, is this your granddad's house? And he started laughing, and he goes, oh, that's safe. Listen, when I sign my next deal, let's demolish this place and build something modern. So I, I knew then that living in Spain and Italy for a number of years, I was very au fait with um, contemporary design. I've always loved contemporary design, very clean lines, clinical. Mm-hmm. And in the UK at that time, no one was really doing it. Even to today, no one's, there are people doing it, but it's just basically dipping their toes in the water. No one's really doing it wholeheartedly. I mean, I think, you know, without sounding arrogant, I think in terms of a, a, array of designs, I don't think there's anyone who can come even close to what we're doing. And the, the, the reason why that was set up, because I realized many years ago that any business to succeed or to develop, you need to be surrounded by the right people. There is no I in team. One person cannot run the show. So what I did, I went around the world headhunting the finest designers, interior designers, architects around the world, and decided to work with them. I would, ha- I would, I would use my building knowledge 
and my marketing and they would use their design so it was a perfect there's a marriage made in heaven so the, the designers were extremely happy about it because what they did they had uh someone like myself who would promote their brand work with them and obviously they could make monetize it as well which they found was absolutely brilliant because the format which we've done is so simple but it's so um uh, it works so well for us because you can go onto our website what there's maybe i mean we're updating it now at the moment there'll be like a hundred hundred or so properties exterior finishes interiors and bespoke so high net worth individuals they're cash rich time poor they have not got time to sit with an architect then sit with an interior designer then sit with a builder then da, 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 da. they haven't got time to do that so what they want is a total turnkey solution they want somebody who can they can go and say look you know something right Asif, i've seen that design in mallorca that you've done for someone i want something exactly similar not exactly exactly or something similar to that can you draw me get can you get me a sketch done of that no problem at all with google maps we look at their plot of land and we incorporate a similar looking property into that within 24 hours 48 hours we can give something to the client for them to look at so they have something instantaneously you know you know and what's the kind of what's the kind of value like because obviously going from a, a kind of as you said like that turnkey you know um i, I guess finish what what's the is is there a, 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 a an, an average kind of value or does it really vary depending upon the the client or the property or i guess the area the land or is it is there almost like a benchmark of because when you look at your properties on the on the website they are spectacular and they you know they just they capture your imagination and some of them i was looking earlier and i'm thinking how to you know it's almost like for me and uh, you know i love contemporary homes as well and which is you know why it's i guess i find them so attractive but some of them i'm like wow how did people even come up with the idea to do that um i mean it's just beautiful really um but is there is there like a you know, is there a, a typical kind of, you know, cost involved with the properties? Is it how, how does it work? Well, Craig, to be honest with you, that's a very good question. A lot of people always ask me that. Um, I'll get back to that, that answer in a second. The first, the first thing is, when people come to me, what's your minimum value? I said, we don't have any minimum value. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I look at two things when uh, taking on a project with any client. I look at who the client is and I look at where the job is. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, you, if you've got a house in Belgravia, for example, I'll give you an example. We did a job in Belgravia. It was a bathroom. Yeah. Now, that bathroom was only, I say only, it was about, I think, £80,000, right? People think still eight, that's a huge amount. But, by, but for what we normally do, that's, for a bathroom, that's standard because they want the best. Somebody in Belgravia wants the best marble. But they want the best finishes. They want the best bathroom, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we were up there, and one, one of our foreman said, he goes, boss, why are we doing this job? Um, well, I said to him, listen, look where we are. I said, we're at the crossroads. Within 600 yards all around us, we've got the most expensive prime real estate in the world. So what you do, when you go on that second floor, you put one of our boards up. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. free advertising for 16 weeks. You couldn't buy that anywhere. No. Yeah, you, you couldn't put a holding up there if you wanted to. But that area where each flat was worth in the region of starting off maybe 15 million pounds, they knew your brand. So it's with us, it's all about getting the brand known. Now, with your second, your original question, how much does it cost? I mean, if you look at some of the big uh, projects, I mean, on average, you would say if, um, you're looking at around three £3,000 start per square metre uh, per project. So it depends on uh, finishes as well. I mean, people say, well, 3000 Well, listen, 
you can put an, a home automation system in for a hundred thousand pounds. You can put a home automation system, a security system in for a million pounds. So it all depends on the client's taste. But as a rule of thumb, you're looking at maybe three to three to four thousand pounds a square meter for something like that. That's um, design and uh, build. Love it. So how? So how? How? <coughs> how? Because obviously, when you when if I look back and like listen to you know your your story you were saying about obviously sports management and you know how obviously I guess you really engaged that image right market and you know had the opportunity to work with so many people in different in you know from obviously Formula One to to, to the football. Um, you must from the experience you must have learned so much in that time that I guess positioned you. You know, you mentioned about obviously surrounding yourself by the right people, but I guess you, hear, you know, being an entrepreneur myself, you hear so often. You know, it's something I kind of, you know, tend to, to talk about as well. Is you know, we're some of the people we spend most of our time with. So you know, that influence and experience of spending your time with super successful individuals in their arena, and you know, I guess that you, there must have been some some mindset and some things that you learnt along the way. Well, the thing is, uh, Craig, funny enough. My mum has always been my mentor. Yeah, she's a she was came, she was an immigrant, but she was very educated. But when she came here, obviously there wasn't any scope for her to find work. It was very very difficult in those days in the early sixties for an Asian immigrant. Now she's great. She's always told my mum's famous. She's got many famous phrases which I, <laughs> I always pass. Even successful business people, they even say, "How's your mum?" You know, I've always my mum's always said to me, "Look, son, a person is known by the company they keep." Yeah, yeah? I always remember that. that. Always stuck in my mind. You will find plenty of people in, in in this world. All the naysayers. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do. And the reason why they say that is because these people have never done anything themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because they think they can't do it, they think that everybody else can't do it. Yeah. So all, my first thing would always be surround yourself with positive people. Also. I come from a very working-class background in a very working-class area. Never forget your roots. Never forget who you are. I always believe that. And, you know, some, that's really held me in good stead when especially dealing with a lot of the footballers because it's really understanding this. I've got a great cross-section of people I work with from Formula One where you're dealing with the ultra, ultra-high net worth individuals to football where you're not... You're dealing with... A majority of the, the footballers out there now are from... Uh, broken families or from, you know, I don't want to generalise but it generally is the case, or from uh, one-parent families or from council estates, you know, so you have to understand their mindset as well you know, you can't use the same mindset you have with a high net worth educated entrepreneur with someone who's just got the money, a professional footballer the reason why they spend so extravagantly because they've had such tough lives mm-hmm. they've never had the luck so they want it now. They're not prepared to wait uh, two months or three months. If they see, you know, a two thousand pound pair of uh, trainers, they want it now. They're not going to think, mm, well, you know, sh- should I wait and maybe if it goes on sale and I can get it for fifty percent discount? No, 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 no. M- my my whole life, I suffered in poverty. Yeah, I want it now. So yeah. that's the mindset you got to think. Now, when I even my even in our designs, I encompass that as well. I mean, when I first went to see a footballer, so. You need, to, you need to think, well, who am I seeing and what can I offer them? Because it's not necessary that they're going to go for the big projects straight away. The best way, the best thing to do is start off on the smaller projects, 
get your foot in the door and then gradually build that confidence up and then what will generally tend to happen especially amongst sportsmen and footballers that if you get in one of them they will refer you to their friends that's you can you know people say they do they spend thousands on advertising and they spend on social media etc etc it doesn't work at the end of the day the footballing fraternity is a very close shop so if you don't know, if you don't know the agent or you don't know the player they are the best forms of marketing uh, uh, for any product uh, any project so when we did when i did a design for the first wardrobe what i did i said to the designer right what you need to do you do a his and hers once what his on one side hers on the other right, on the his side i want you to draw a special i want you to design a special rack for trainers baseball caps watches yeah and on the on the women's side i want you to draw a special the same thing plus a special uh, uh closed glass unit where they can put their lubertines or they can put their handbags in say to them listen it's it airtight because it will keep your leather longer they loved all that you know because i understand the psychology of my client now if i'd gone there and say look this is ebony from you know the amazonian rainforest and it's just normal coat hangers and normal drawers that wouldn't really appeal to them but the fact is i've thought about what our clients want and that wardrobe I wouldn't give to uh, a Russian oligarch, for example, you know, mm-hmm. because that, that's not, not, not them. So our market, Craig, is that market, that 21 to 39-year-old young high net worth individuals who've come into a lot of money, yeah, mm-hmm. and are looking for something dis- different. They don't want to live in something that their parents would live in. They want something that symbolizes this is my wealth and I've done it now. And I want something that replicates my lifestyle. And this is what we offer them. It's that attention to detail, I guess, that's separating you from the rest and, you know, magnificently well. I mean, your work is stunning without without a shadow of a doubt. Tell us a little bit about the awards. I mean, were the awards something that you were at the back of your mind that you thought, you know, again, it's all part of the branding or was they just something that, that come along with the consequences of you, I guess, clearly loving what you do? Well, it's a concept, without a doubt, it's, it's, if you love what you do, I mean, I don't see what I do as a job. I see it as a hobby because every day is different. You meet people. And I want to tell you a funny story about the actual awards, actually. I mean, it was, the, it was a London agent. I didn't think I had a cat's selling chance in winning it. The only reason I went, because I thought, you see, that's something. It's a free it's a free meal for the evening, right? And I'm, and I'm, going, to meet, I'm, and I'm going to meet some of my friends down there. I never in a million years even thought... I thought I was, because uh, I looked at the nominees there, and a lot, lot of them were in a different league to me. I mean, I thought, you know, the fact I was even up there was um, uh, was, was a joke. But never mind, I thought, well, let me go down anyway. And what, and even more funnier was, as I put my suit on, uh, I left my wallet, as I got, I got down to the train station, I was running late anyway, I left my wallet in my, uh, at home. I thought, oh, bloody hell. Luckily, I, I just put my hand down my pocket. I had oh, 15 pounds and my Oyster card was still in my pocket. And I thought, oh, flip me, at least I've got enough to get down there, right? <laughs> so I got down to the bed. Uh, at the Hurlingham Club. Very posh, too. You know, it's all going extremely well. Uh, there was an award winner on our table. And ironically, the guy sitting next to me, he goes to me, uh, yeah, you're going to win an award tonight. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, can you pass me over the chicken, please? Yeah, just, yeah. So I was there, and I didn't even pay the In fact, the awards, the guy was calling up the awards and then they kept reading the name and there was a guy who had the same first name as me and who i knew and i thought well he's 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 the chairman of one of the biggest banks in the world you know i mean i thought oh bloody hell and then they then they keep she kept reading the winner and the winner is and they said 
magic. I mean, I literally, the, the food dropped, dropped out of my mouth. You know? and, I, and I had to cover my mouth with my hand because obviously there's cameras watching me and obviously I was swearing underneath my breath. And I thought, oh my God, what the hell am I going to say when I get up there? But apparently I was, I was in, I got up there and at first I thought, I, I did myself, I said, you know, with the greatest respect, I don't really think, I don't really know why I'm up here, to be honest with you. And they said, oh, I was very modest of you. And then I gave a speech. They asked me, you know, you'll be seen as a role model amongst young Asian entrepreneurs. So, uh, who was your role model? And after I gave thing about my mum, and I got, you know, everyone started clapping. So I think that really resonated with a lot of people there because um, they probably felt, you know, that it was their mums who probably support, supported them as well. But no, never in the media years. Um, Craig, to be honest with you, I'm not just saying this because I, I'm... My, I'm a virile Jekyll and Hyde character. My home life and my work life couldn't be more distinct. I mean, people think when they see me outside, oh, this guy is, you know, he's at all celebrity Aegis parties, you know, he's always whining and dying here. But once I get home, it's, um, I love cooking, I love languages, uh, I love national geographic, uh, classical music. I completely shut, sh I'm a, you know, I'm really I'm a completely different type of person. I think that's what people appreciate because when, I meet super famous or high net worth. I treat them and talk to them exactly the way I'm talking to you right now, and I think that's what they like. They, you know, they're so used to people like you know. Uh, I was going to use certain words, but we're on, we're on podcast. But you know, this thing, <laughs> uh, uh, that's being very favourable to them, and they can read through. You know, they can see through them. I'm, I always tell people, you know, rich people or ultra high net worth people, they don't get rich because they're stupid. They're very stupid people. They can read people. And so they, they know when a person is being genuine. And I think with me, my attitude is always being, listen, if you give me the job, you give me the job. If you don't, you don't. So you know, the next one will come. So I, I've never really stressed myself out for that. And I think people can read that. People can read that this guy, you know, it's such a laid back character, but he knows what he's talking about. And obviously uh, having won the award and being asked to write for several magazines now as well, that's just enhanced the company and myself's profile, but it's not, and it's quite embarrassing because any time I go out, there's a very good friend of mine, and because uh, I, I do a lot of mentorship programs as well, and he always keeps going and saying, "Ah, oh, he's the one who won that award. He's the one." Who... I said, "Zara, please, for God's sake, would you please not keep saying that's embarrassing?" You know, so I'm not really, I'm very low profile that way, and um, I know, and to be honest with you, I quite, I quite like it that way, to be honest with you, but uh, sometimes. If it's if it's if using my name or using what I've done is an inspiration to other people, then fantastic because I do a lot of um, uh, workship with uh, sorry mentorships with uh, underprivileged and uh, certain people, young offenders uh, as well, and uh, you know basically show them listen. I was in the same, I was born in the same area as you, had the same upbringing as you. Look look where I am today, and you know with, through hard work and graft. You can do it as well, but I think the the culture now, unfortunately, is that it's the I want it now culture. People mm -hmm. don't want to put their hours any anymore, and you're seeing it uh, with this um, social media. Uh, I mean, one advantage I think in business terms as being nowadays more people want to be entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and that that's great. And you know, when you, when I was growing up. 
the only way you could become a millionaire or a billionaire, well, a millionaire anyway, or a billionaire is if you inherited it. And in most cases, if you want to become a millionaire, you want to inherit it. But nowadays with social media, if you have one good year and you have one good product, yeah, mm-hmm. you can become a millionaire. So in that way, it's great. It's got its, it's got its pros and it's got its cons. But I think what is the, the, the cons tend to be that people tend to become lazy and really we are rewarding people for doing nothing these days. Yeah. And that's the thing that to me that, uh, you know, I was at an award ceremony last, as uh, a gala ceremony, and photographs were being taken with people who are, with no disrespect to them, not even Z-listers. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had cameramen taking photographs, and I thought, what have these people actually done? Just because, you know, they've done something scandalous, and you know, all of a sudden they become famous. And I think that's wrong. You know, if you, you earn the right to be known if you've actually made some sort of contribution and I have no doubt and I have a, a, the utmost respect for people who do that but people who are famous for doing nothing that really gets on my nerves to be brutally honest with you yeah I, I it's um we can't I guess we live in a little bit of a microwave society don't we where people are expecting that immediate gratification for you know little effort um yeah yeah it's crazy I, I guess it's almost you know you can look at you know movies you know living that you know society people are watching movies all the time they they watch somebody's lifespan you know if you imagine you know you, you could probably have a movie on your successes and and you know people watch that and then they expect the same kind of results that's taken you you know 25 years of graft and they expect in the two hours that it's produced in a movie um i think people are starting to you know flick you know we flick a switch we get that immediate electricity and you know people are trying to you know, Rome wasn't built in, built in a day, was it? You know, I guess is the the old you know energy and the, yeah. But it's, um, when I when I look when I look at um, and and listen to yourself, you know, and, and you know some of the things we were just talking about prior to to going live on on the podcast, you were you were talking about um, failures and how you know some people you know look at failures as a challenge, but you know you were you almost in, with me you were talking about how you embrace them and they're just part of your education and. How have you continued over your career and, you know, from from your early years, um, I guess, as a as a, uh, a teen through to, to your successes now? How have you embraced failure and what can you share with the this growing entrepreneurial world that can help them, you know, start to realize some of the success that, that you've created and continue to create, Asif? Well, thank you. Firstly, okay, I don't like the word failure, right? If you're an entrepreneur, failure, for me, it's experience, yeah? Because the fact of the matter is, if you don't try something, you're never going to learn, yeah? It's just like if you're a child when you're learning to walk, you, you stand up, you fall down, you keep walking, you fall down, you know? That's what good entrepreneurs do. Now, the main thing is, if you've got some, I always tell people some, I mean, if you look at what I'm doing now, most people say it's fairly straightforward, yeah? But not many people, everybody thinks it's very straightforward until they actually try it themselves, you know? It's not, it's never as easy as people think, because if it was, then everybody else would do it. I mean, everybody would need to work. They'd all go out and become entrepreneurs. But I think if you really believe, you know, everything in life is calculated risk, you know? It's whether it's whether you're a question of entrepreneur or whether you want to be self-employed. I think the main reason people want to become entrepreneurs or self-employed it's because they want to work for themselves. Now, the way I see it, you, you can go two ways. If you want to become self-employed, then that's fine. You can become a plumber, electrician. You earn yourself a good wage, but you work under your conditions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to become an entrepreneur, the point of becoming an entrepreneur is that, for me, it's about leaving a legacy. 
everyone's got different. If you look at, talk to most entrepreneurs, yes, the money is important, but for me now, it's, I'm, I'm not nowhere, anywhere near retiring and I'm not, not, not even in the near future. But for me, it's all about leaving, leaving a legacy behind because that's something no one could ever take away from you. You know, my mom, another one of my mom's famous things, you know, you know, son, when you lose money, you lose nothing. When you lose your integrity, you lose everything. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Big brands are all about keeping their integrity. If you look at all the big global brands out there now, they're brands that have been going for years and years and years. And yet they will still spend hundreds of millions a year in marketing and branding mm -hmm. to keep that brand going. So I think it's all about that. Everybody had to start from somewhere, you know, um, you know the, the famous saying of Buddha, you know, all great journeys start with a single step. Mm -hmm. And this is what it's all about. It's starting with a single step. You, you're going you're gonna to encounter lots and lots of failures along the way. But, you know, you're going to get that, that there'll be that one day where you'll wake up, you'll get that deal. And, you know, as I said to you, it's a bit like that, you know, the Guinness Book of Records when you're watching the world domino toppling, you know? It's, you're waiting for the first one, it's wavering there. As soon as the first one goes down, everything will fall into place. All those years and years of networking you've done, and it's so, it's so, it's so that happens like this. All these people I met four or five years ago, people I've networked with, maybe you've never heard from them. All of a sudden, just during your, uh, that, that period of six months to a year where you're just flying, Everybody seems to come out of the woodwork. It just it just happens like that all the time. You know, you get your first big contract and the rest follow. It's just like that. The first one is always the most difficult one to get. Mm -hmm. Once you've got that, because it, one, it gives you the confidence, and two, it gives you the financial power to proceed in doing other things. Now, now with our business, as I spoke to you before, you you know we've got. Um, we started off as a construction company, then we moved on design and board, then we moved on to furniture. Now, because of the, the, the network of the clientele we have, we can use that to promote other brands. There's other revenue streams you can use as well. So it's it's just hard work, Craig. It's, there's no, I mean, I can't uh, say I, I've waved the magic wand and it's happened overnight. I would say this has come to 25, 30 years of really hard work, made and lost several fortunes. As I said, it's affected by health you know, personally uh, issues, but th that flame has never died. And I guess it's, always... I guess it's all, you know, listening to you, yeah, the, the ability you, you've had or the opportunities you've had to kind of go from construction through to obviously to partnering and, and, and offering so much more. It's that, it's that trust that you've built through doing exactly what you said your mum shared with you. You know, you can lose your money, but it's not losing your integrity. So you've kept that integrity in your brand, in yourself, in, I guess, you know, just listening to you, you know, you you mentioned a few minutes ago about, you know, remembering where you're from and who you are. And I guess you, you're being true and equivalently to who you are at, at core, but also, you know, bringing that integrity and you've developed that trust over the years, which is enabling the opportunities to keep coming your way. I guess it's almost like a, it's almost an element of the law of attraction. What you put into the world, you bring back into your own world, right? Exactly. And, and, and obviously, with, um, as I tell many people, you know, when I do a lot of my mentorship programs, I always tell one thing. I said, look, ultra high net worth people, they don't, they, don't, they don't get rich because they're stupid. They can spot you, they can spot um, a con, con artist and blagger straight away. Sometimes they don't even let them, give, they don't even test them. But the, the main thing is, with, with them, it's never about the money. 
to a client now, ultra high network, I can give him a quote and he won't even ask me, he won't even quibble. He'll just say, okay, just get on with it. Because that trust which I've built up, yeah. that's what it's all about. It's that trust which you have with them. I can turn around and say, look, that kitchen's going to cost you 300,000 pounds, 400,000 pounds. And you say, okay, actually, here it is. Here's, here's a deposit and the balance, etc. Job done. They, they, they won't even ask you. They, you know, they won't even, so a lot of the times they just invite you around just for your company. You know, they, it's funny, they will actually invite you around. They may not even need anything because they just see you as a, a friend, a confidant, someone who they can trust. And they know you're busy and they know that the only way they'll get me is if they say, look, I've got something I might need doing around the house. Can you pop around? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would do that anyway. You know, I, 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 you know it have, they, they don't have to do that. But generally, they, they do do that because obviously they, they respect you as a person as well because they, they don't look at you as, as the, the builder. They look at you as the, he's our equal because he's this, uh, and that's another thing that's helped me in the building game in the, in the beginning because obviously when you're as articulate as the clients you're dealing with, then they will think, hang on a sec, this is something we can trust because however much you deny the fact, your demographic and your socioeconomic group, you will always feel a lot more at ease with. Mm-hmm. That, that's a fact. So it's I'm not to say that somebody from a working class background wouldn't, but obviously it's just somebody from a working class background would probably feel more confident, comfortable with people who he moves around with. I mean, I mix around with everybody, so for me it's quite easy. I understand the psyche, but I've got lots of lots of uh, good, hardworking working class friends who sometimes ask me to go and uh, do a deal on their behalf because they know that. Uh, that no one's going to pull the wall over my eyes or, you know, the client's not going to come out with fancy language, which is going to go straight over their head, you know? So, you know, it's, it's really, as I said, it's um, what, you know, I've achieved up to now has been just through sheer hard work and being honest with my clients. I mean, we've lost a lot of projects in the past where clients' expectations have been totally unrealistic. I mean, I can go to a project and I can tell you, within a space of a couple of weeks here and there, how long the project will take you. And clients will come, well, we need it done in 16 weeks. I said, well, you've got no charge. That's, uh, that's gonna, that project's going to take you 30 weeks minimum. You know? And uh, sorry, I can't commit to that because I've got the reputation of the company. I don't want you coming to me 16 weeks saying, well, why isn't the project finished? So, yeah, we've lost work, but then the client will turn around and once the job hasn't been done, they'll say, yeah, yeah, I see if you're right. And, and I sat them down I said, listen, I'll tell you exactly the reason why your job can't be done in that time frame. And these are the reasons why they can't be done. So whoever's telling you that is being, well, either they, can, well, they can't even do a bod job because there's not enough time for them to do a bod job because they just can't do it. <coughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not possible for them to do that. So a question for you then, Asif, because, you know, obviously you continue to strive, and um, but what... What's kept you focused? So over the years, I mean, you're obviously very goal-driven uh, as an entrepreneur, and I'm I'm confident that at some point in your you know your lifespan of being an entrepreneur, there's been times where you haven't necessarily had the support around you, and you know, too more often than not, people can almost use excuses and say, "Oh well, no, I didn't have that support, and no one was really behind me. I didn't have the wind beneath my wings." But I'm guessing you've had the same challenges as every entrepreneur where you've not always been supported by maybe people close to you. How have you managed to stay focused on your goals to keep striving? I know you mentioned, obviously, you know, your health has suffered, um, you know, but it's that that burning desire, I guess. But what, you know, how have you managed to stay focused on these goals? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think... um, uh, for 
um, I'm obviously I'm not going to mention names, but there were a lot of people out there, and still are a lot of people out there, who doubted my ability. Now, I don't, what I did, not because I did it for other people, yeah? I did it for myself. I wanted to show other people that through hard work and through hard graft, yeah, mm-hmm. it's achievable. I was always told, what, you know, I know people, what they, you know, they, they think, uh, what, what I did, uh, this guy's delusional. He's, I mean, um, one person said to me once, you know, you're a, and I actually put that phrase up, you're a delusional dreamer and you won't achieve anything in life. They basically, they basically said that to me. And I thought to myself, you know something, fine, that's your opinion. And, and when I won the award, I actually said, you know something, Firstly, I'd like to thank all the, my mom, I gave a, a glowing uh, accolade to my mum, uh, who basically deserved it. And uh, I'd like to thank all the, and for, ironically enough, all the people who stick by you in your hard times are the ones you don't expect. The ones who you expect to stick by you are the ones normally stab you in the back, I tend to find anyway. But that's, <laughs> that, that's, and I said to all the people who doubted me, who mocked me, ridiculed me, I'd like to thank you even more. Because it's because of you I'm here today. So thank you very much. And that's basically what it was. It's because those are the people who drove me, uh, and the fact, obviously, my own hunger, to say, not not so much to turn around and say, uh, as I told you so, because when you're successful, you don't need to people, you don't need to tell people you're successful. People will see that you're successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, ironically enough, it's the same people who wouldn't give me the time of day, all of a sudden, you know, re- the, the odd message now and again I get here and there, you know, on my phone. And, I, and I, ironically, another thing, when I went through my tough times, I, um, uh, on my phone, there was something like 450 numbers on my phone. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't transfer, I got a new phone and I couldn't transfer the numbers from one side to the other. I thought, right, you know something, this, could be, this is a very good chart time for a good clear-up. So I looked at my numbers, I thought, right. User, 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 time waster, time waster, user, user. And I went through that and I got down from 450, I got down to just, uh, just under, no, just about 100 numbers. So 350 people on my mobile phone were of absolute no use to me whatsoever, you know? And so, so this is my, this is the, how my business is based. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. Yeah. It's the old 80-20 rule in business, yeah? 20% of your business, sorry, 80% of your business will come for 20% of your client. And that's what it's all about now. Now it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't want to sound cynical, but time is a very valuable commodity. Mm-hmm. And you can get a lot of people out there who will waste your time. I know there's people who want me, now the way the business is done with myself is that I deal with agents and partners. So anyone who wants to get to me has to go through an agent or partner who actually vet is this person genuine or is this person out there just to waste my time? Because most people, when they know you're dealing with certain high net worth people, they're only interested to siphon off information. But even that's, but that's by the way, because they wouldn't be, I wouldn't disclose that anyway, because we do sign disclosure, you know, we sign disclosure agreements anyway. So that's not even uh, an issue. But it, once you have that air of exclusivity, people will respect you a lot more. Okay? Don't try and be all things to all people. Sometimes say no. You know? I know it's very difficult in the beginning because when you're looking for business, you have to go everywhere to get it. But once you've got your clientele, or once you're in a certain niche, then, then you start dictating the terms. Uh, you know, we've got clients saying that, uh, you know, the PA will ring and say, look, uh, Mr. X is in town. He, he wants to see you on Friday. I say, no, I will tell you when I will see Mr. X. 
know, it's my time. Yeah, not, not when Mr. X want to see me. I, I said, you can speak to my PA, you can liaise with her, and she'll tell you when I can see him. Yeah, he, she will give you the date. Because I've earned the right to do that. Mm-hmm. And I know and I know that client will rearrange his schedule to see me because he wants me. And yeah. if they don't want me, then good luck. They can find someone else. And I guess you it know, puts a value. It puts an, an extra value of wanting to, you know, because it's almost that, that philosophy, isn't it? People want what they can't have. And I guess, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're having that strength of character and also, you know, you've got your own diary and you, you know, it, it almost, I guess, looking from the outside in, it can almost, you know, make make that time with you more valuable to your, you know, to the whole business and maybe make people wanting a little bit more, which is, which is great. So again, move, 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 move into a, a, a real kind of part of, I guess, success that really sits, sits well with me. And, you know, it's, it's great hearing you. Uh, attribute your, the, your, your mum being your, your number one mentor. I, I completely understand. You know, my mum's been my mentor for, for many, many years now. And, you know, I've learned so much from her, from, you know, from a, a philosophy of modelling for success and, you know, like the sum of the five people we spend most of our time with. But one of the things that always sits well with me, and, you know, it's become massive around the world, but I, I guess more so um, since the, the launch of The Secret back in 2006. Yet many of us were almost focused on this law of attraction and and I believe you share my a similar belief of mine with the law of attraction how do you how do you apply these philosophies into your daily life into your routine um I'm very one thing about me I've always been a strategist you know I'm very focused I'm very methodical in what I do and some people can't see uh, some people, I think with an entrepreneur, I think that's what you have to be. You're like a, basically a trained athlete, you know? <laughs> uh, yes, you've got to take your time off now and again, you've got, you've got to have your down time. But really, you have to be focused in what you do. I mean, let me give you an example. I'll get up in the morning. I'm a very early riser. Yeah, so I'll get up about 5.36. Uh, I'll be sitting on my uh, at home first, at, at my desk, uh, eating my porridge. And the first thing I'll do is I'll do my social media every morning without fail. Mm-hmm. Six, seven days a week is a, a new project on there, answering uh, people's queries. I always answer, even if it's the most obscure question from someone in you know an out-of-the-way place, I would always do someone the courtesy of replying. If someone's got the courtesy of liking what you're doing and making a comment, the least you can do is give them an acknowledgement. You know? And I really believe that because I've we've got so many jobs from people, from, Guys like you know, young gentlemen or ladies who have just made an odd comment and they said thank you very much, sent the odd email, and you know, find out a year or two later they ring you up and they want you to do some work. So I never underestimate anybody whatsoever. You know, whoever they are, anybody. You know, mm-hmm. some of the big clients I've got, if you saw them, you'd say, "Hang on, you know, you put your hand in your pocket and give them a fiver." You know, say, so, "You know, go and get you something." And yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you read these guys, when you find out how much they're really worth, you think, I mean, forget about going to buy something. We could probably buy, we could buy the street, you know? Yeah. But so I never underestimate anybody or any anything because I think it's, uh, because I've been there myself. I know what it's like to be get keep knocking on doors and being turned away, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you can, uh, I think as an entrepreneur, and if you come from a hard up, upbringing as well, you always, I would always try and go out of my way to try and help somebody. You know, it's um, it's just in my nature sometimes. You know, sometimes I go over the top, but you know, you can't change someone's nature. Obviously, over the years, 
more hardened because obviously of time constraints and you, you tend to find that the, the people asking the favours always tend to be the same ones and don't really offer you anything in return which are, you know that does annoy me sometimes as well but that, that's another that's another issue um, the, I, th- I would say also uh, my uh, writing for a number of magazines what I realised that if I wanted to tap into the market I need to work with enough people in that industry. So I write for um, Sports World magazine. I write for uh, Asian World, Asian World, the uh, British Sports magazine. Uh, so a number of magaz- uh, magazines, a lot of read by high net worth individuals um, who are focused in that arena. So it's, it's about getting your name out there. It's about getting the Youth Spaces brand out there because really where i want to take use spaces is i'm just going to give an example say i'm using footballers in analogy because that's the area i know best so nowadays if a footballer signs his first multi-million pound contract what's these what they normally do they'll get there he'll get his baby bentley uh he'll get his uh you know richard miller or mark jacobs watch or you know he'll get his louis Vuitton luggage and his young lady will get her uh designer handbag and her, her louboutines but when you ask someone, right, you've you've got all those things. Who's going to design your house for you? Mm-hmm. And you hang on a sec. Well, no, I can't really think of anybody. We want to fill that void. We want to be that company that when you're young, high net worth. Uh, well, I guess that's it. I use. I don't like using high net, worth, but you know, generally somebody fairly wealthy because obviously the designs that we do, you have to, you know you have to be fairly wealthy to afford them. They're not cheap uh, items, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the. You know, it's just like, you know, you can either have a Ferrari or you can have a, you know, a, a BMW. You know, they both do the same things. They're both great cars. But obviously, with a Ferrari, you'll get all the, you know, it's only fewer made and you'll get uh, a higher spec of work. You know, but they both serve, they both serve the same purposes. And so that's what it's all uh, with us. Uh, yeah, no, we were just talking about obviously your daily routine with the law of attraction, and then I was actually just I was just thinking, I wonder what your next step is, and and you know I guess you you've already um, kind of touched on that with your ambition to really fill that gap so that you know as you said in that in that kind of branded environment, people know they're going to go and get as you said the baby Bentley or the the Ferrari. It's filling that that gap. So actually, you know, let's go over to you space because we want them to design our property. It's that's brilliant. So it's a it's an ambition that you know, I just foresee you fulfilling. It's exciting times. Well, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, and uh, you know, it's it's just a question of really. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's just work, 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 work. I mean, it's it's, it's I keep telling people uh, you you have to be on the ball all the time. And the great one big advantage is that we got because we work with a dozen or so top designers from around the world. In my opinion, something they are the best designers. That's my personal opinion. Uh, they are some of the finest designers out there. Great. It's, um, we always got something new to offer them. I mm-hmm. never sit still. I think the advantage I've got, and you'll tend to find creative people generally are not necessarily, you know, it's not, I don't, it's not generally, but normally it's the case. Creative people aren't necessarily the best business people. You know, because so engrossed in their design work, they lose lose fact that you know it's a business as well. I'm looking at it from a completely different angle. 
I'm looking at it from a branding and marketing angle. I'm looking at, I one thing I'm very good at, when I see something, I know the commercial reality of that. Two people can see two houses, mm-hmm. and I can tell you which one will sell to my clients and which one won't. Yeah. If I see certain products, which will sell my clients, which won't. So I understand the psyche of my client. And I think in any business, that's what you have to do. You have to get into the thought process of your clients. You need and to be involved. You, you need to be in that environment to to almost kind of, you know, a lot of people that listen to this show will be laughing. I've had this like belief in congruency, like mind, body, and soul. I think when you're congruent and you're in line with what's important to you, but also important to your, you know, you're talking about obviously like your environment and the psyche of your customers. If you're involved in that, it's almost everything's environmentally related, surely. So you're you're kind of you're positioned. You've almost, it's almost like listening to you, actually, if you've positioned yourself for success in your arena and you, you, you're obviously you're keeping your finger on the pulse, keeping involving, keeping growing um, so that you can you know, keep offering something new to, to your customers that's something that they're going to like, right? Well, yeah, we, we have to do that. I mean, uh, what we're planning to do this year, for example, uh, and what I've also done is di- di- diversified um, in terms of my marketing and branding. Uh you know, I'll give a perfect analogy. Now, if Melinda Gates has a new Louis Vuitton bag, um, firstly, not many people know who she is, uh, but she's probably one of the richest, you know, Bill Gates' wife, one of the richest women in the world. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows. Now, if Beyonce, Rihanna, uh, Kim Kardashian have got the same bag, you've got nearly 200 million followers on social media. Mm-hmm. See, this is, this is why I think our product really lends itself to social media because everybody... See, the great thing about luxury houses is that you'll get men, you'll get, for example, generally, once again, don't want to generalise, but if you've got cars, it's mainly a boy's, it's mainly a a man's thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But but the advantage of a house, whether you're male or everybody loves a good house. Everybody wants to see where everyone else lives, Mm -hmm. you know? Everybody wants to see the rich and famous, uh, uh, what's their houses, what what do they look like? Mm -hmm. And that's where we want want to go. You know, we have been approached by... Uh, TV companies to do a UK Crips type of program, so you know that's that's something that could be in, in the in the piping in the pipeline as well. We've also got uh, a number of celebrities uh, later this year going to be wearing T-shirts with hashtag U Spaces there, so that will bring our brand even more prominent. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's really about bringing the brand to the fore. That's what it's all about with me. It's not about uh, personal uh, gratification. It's not about it, my ego. My it's, it's the brand and it's all about the brand. I know with a lot of people on social media, it's about selfies and taking photographs of celebrities and all that. You will never, ever see me with, unless it's an, uh, an event where somebody else has taken it. I don't do selfies. I don't do self-promotion. It's not about me because you, you, tend to, you need to realize as well, when you're working with ultra high net worth clients, it's a lot of it is down to um, discretion. Yeah, you have to be discreet. Yeah, they don't really want to see somebody who they're dealing with in the public eye. You sometimes have to be in the shadows. It's quite ironic. Sometimes I listen to people talking about, well, they know this person, that person, or they've been with them. Well, I've been with that person. I know them, and I know they're talking absolute rubbish. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, you can't say anything no. because you know, the, you know, the, the cat's out the bag. I mean, I was married. Um, my ex-wife. There's a lot of jobs I I did with certain celebrities and people. I could not actually talk about who I was working with. You just mm-hmm. couldn't. You know, uh, because that. So I'm quite happy to do that. 
I'm quite happy to be in the background, let the brand evolve and let the brand do the talking. Talking, And I think um, we've got a lot of interest down the Middle East, Far East, um, uh, West Africa, you know, because a lot of these uh, people are being based in London, what it actually does, and having uh, a big foreign client base is that a lot of... Uh, of clients in the UK are asking us to go there to their countries and do work for them over there on their projects. So, you know, it's, and what it does there, it, it builds up the youth spaces brand in these countries as well. So really, this is what we want to do that, you know, you, you know, your posh parts of Lagos or Accra or Madrid or Milan, where you see the hashtag youth spaces up there, that's, that's to show that this, this person is, has got one of the best companies out there who are producing cutting-edge design, and that's what space is all about. We're an innovative company. We don't stand still. We don't sit around. We, like, like certain architects, they, they've got a single theme that runs through their project. We're one of the few, well, I think we're one of the only architectural practices that if you look at our projects, we don't have, an, we don't have a signature design. They're a multitude of different designs, whereas if you look at most architects, they'll have one design and they'll basically replicate that design. And you can then got their hallmark on that. Mm -hmm. With us, because I'm not a designer, I will go out and look for products or designers who I think will enhance the brand. So we're always on the lookout. I mean, a case in point being um, uh, our designer from Mexico, Gilberto Rodriguez, whose um, project, uh, residential project was voted the best residential project in the world by Condé Nast magazine. Mm -hmm. So we've got people of that ilk yep. working with us. So you know when we say you know we've got we've got partners, they're not just any partners. These are all our partners are award winners in their own right. But what we've done, we've formed a huge cooperative, putting all our resources together. You know, and that obviously has been beneficial to our clients because they will get some of the best guys in the world working on their project. And uh, ironically, it'll cost them a lot less because what we tend to do is a lot of the projects they like, the architect has already done. So it's just a question of tweaking it sometimes, you know, or making it bigger or making it smaller. Hence why we can turn around things a lot quicker. And that's why a lot of these high networks like working with us because with them, time is money. As I said to you before, the footballer, he's not interested in, you know, six weeks or six months down the line. He wants it now. Yeah, you know, cool. if, if you give him a design, within a couple of weeks, you've got to produce something for him. And he goes, all right, that's fine. Because he knows he's got a short career. Mm -hmm. So at least with the property, he knows he's got something of asset rather than just blowing his money on drink and whatever he may blow it on, on mm -hmm. or his family or his friends. At least he'll know he's got something that he can actually. So, you know, something, all my hard fruits of my hard work and my hard labor. That's, um, yeah, I've got something to show for it. Uh, do you know, Asif, it's been an, an absolute pleasure to, to connect with you today. And I'm sure, like all of our listeners uh, around the globe, for, uh, listening into the pa Passion to Succeed podcast show, can really pick out some real key attributes that have enabled you to overcome the challenges of an entrepreneur from, you know, from people you know, almost holding you back through the, the experiences that you've had over the years and, you know, that, that trust and integrity that you're creating with your brand and that, that honesty that I think will continue to, to help your business grow and, and, you know, develop worldwide. And that Caribbean uh, hammock is uh, not that many years away, I'm sure. <laughs> well, listen, 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 Craig, I, 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 hope not, I, hope, I'm not, I hope I don't get too uh, 
I'll to enjoy enjoy it. But listen, the pleasure's been absolutely mine. But you know, I'll I'll finish by saying, you know, people ask me what's um success how do I go about getting success? And I, I just give them three I just give them a simple phrase. I, look, I always say to them, listen, work hard, stay focused, be humble. They're, they're my that's my catchphrase. And you stick with those things and believe, uh, believe in the good Lord. If you may not believe in the good Lord, I do. Um, things will come through. You know, even your darkest times. You know, I've been through some real, real dark times. Real dark times, you know. But it's that belief that, you know, uh, what one day you can do it. And I think somebody said to me once, um, uh, I said to somebody once, I said, listen, you know, one of these days I'm going to do David Beckham's house. And my friend, the guy looked at me and he goes, you know something, I see, if some, this is before I started getting into the business seriously, this is when I started at the inception. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I see, if that come from someone else, I would have thought they're off their, off their trolley, yeah? But mm-hmm. with you, I wouldn't be surprised. And all I'm going to say, one of the, watch this space. Good on you, mate. It's absolutely great to hear. Hey, look, some really great words of wisdom. And it, from, from my perspective, it's been a pleasure to connect with you. And um, I no doubt we'll connect with you again in the future. And maybe next time I'm in London, if you're about, we can uh, we can meet up. But Asif, um, I know you're a really, really busy guy and um, um, really am grateful for your time today. So thank you very much and uh, and have a great day uh, for the rest of the day. The pleasure is all mine. And, and like to thank all the audience for listening. Sorry if I've waffled on. Yeah, but um, that's just myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, no, no apologies needed. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'll ensure that, you know, everyone can uh, can go and check out um, your fabulous um, website and, and gallery and, you know, in connect with you on social media. So for those entrepreneurs that really do start to turn their, their dreams into a reality, maybe they can, um, you know, look at using your services to design um, something contemporary and special for themselves in the future. So, Asif, thank you very much for your time. Have a great day. Likewise. Thanks, Craig. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe and join the community of passionate people. Thank you.